Coming up in this podcast, interest rates, office vacancies, dApps and other property news and innovation. Welcome to Mark My Words, the weekly podcast from Business News with Mark Panel and Mark Beyer discussing the important business news and data stories from Western Australia. Hi, I'm Mark Panel. And I'm Mark Beyer. Welcome to our weekly podcast. So Mark, interest rates were cut this week, uh, but it doesn't seem to have helped the market. What's going on? Well, yeah, the RBA cut another 0.25 and official interest rates 1.5%, um, historic lows for Australia. Now, meant to stimulate activity and bring the dollar down, make local industry more competitive. And yet, look at a global context. Thursday night, the Bank of England cut their rates even lower. They're at one quarter of a percent. So way lower. Hence, the Aussie dollar is remarkably resilient. So that's not helping competitiveness. And the banks, the banks are not playing ball. They're uh, reluctant to pass on the full cut in official interest rates. So it just highlights the challenges facing government and the Reserve Bank in trying to bring a bit more life back into the Australian economy. I have to ask the question, are the banks actually doing the wrong thing here? I mean, I know there's a political squabble, and I get it because it's a consumer-driven thing, but the Reserve Bank is not cutting interest rates to stimulate the property market, is it? It's trying to trying to keep the currents. It's really currency and stimulate some business in areas such as the West and Queensland. Property markets in Sydney and Melbourne have been quite strong. So I would have thought, you know, generally the Reserve Bank would be happy with what the big banks have done. Am I wrong? And and the other line that that's right. And the other line of defence that the banks are pointing to is that all of their deposit customers, including people like self-funded retirees, they actually want to get some interest income on their savings. So it's actually bad, it's bad news for them when rates go so low. And yet, and the banks have, have tried to actually give a bit more on. So in fact, they've evened things up, right? They've given less rate cuts to the consumer on mortgages, and they've given a little bit more uh, interest rates back to deposit holders. Mm. Oh, well, we'll watch, that. we'll watch that fight go on. Now, Mark, office vacancies might have peaked. It's quite a lot of property news. Let's kick off with that part of it. Yeah, so the uh, official uh, office vacancy stats for Perth came out during the week around 22%, so um, extraordinarily high. And remember, about five years ago, you could, just could not find commercial office space in Perth. That, of course, triggered a bit of a boom in construction activity, and all the extra space comes onto the market now when it's not really needed. The uh, Property Council is saying it's probably peaked, so which is... Not really saying a lot when it's no. at 22%. <laughs> it's just hopeful, isn't it? <laughs> so, and, and there's still one or two big buildings going up in the city. The new Woodside head office is going up, but there won't be a lot more after that. Uh, I think we're probably going to see a lot of conversions. Uh, hotels has been a growth area, and work started during the week down at Elizabeth Quay on the Ritz-Carlton down there. So you know, one of the few bright lights. Mm. But, of course, all the office buildings that have been earmarked for that precinct, including the new Chevron building. Uh, no sign of them coming out of the ground. Uh, and, and look, there's some broader changes going on. Um, Allendale Square, you know, that was a landmark when it first got built. You know, they've come out with plans for a, a major food and beverage sort of redevelopment to make that building more attractive. So one example of what people are doing. Um, student housing in the city, that's seen as another opportunity. So lots of changes going on inside the market to try and adapt to this situation where traditional demand for office space is very soft. Fair enough. And, and the other element to the property market in Western Australia, 
Um, we had a lot of interest during the week, a story that Dan Wilkie put up, Crawford Property Group. They were a big player up in the Pilbara. Uh, they've gone into administration. They're the second large property player up in the Pilbara that's uh, come unstuck as a result of the collapse in property values in that market. Yeah. So, yeah, lots of really big changes going on in property in Western Australia. And, and continuing on the property theme, uh, DAPS, Development Assessment Panels, they get a lot of bad press, um, but maybe not everyone in local government hates them. How do, how, what's happened there? Yeah, look, I found this really interesting. The WA Local Government Association had their annual conference during the week, and there was a couple of resolutions uh, pushed primarily by some of those uh, more inner-city western suburbs councils, um, Subiaco, Nedlands, Cambridge, uh, that sort of area, there were resolutions saying the development assessment panels should be abolished. Now, their view is that uh, the the councils have lost some of their power, and in a sense they have, um, because these new panels give a degree of autonomous review, which is, of course, the whole point, that non-elected people have a role on these panels to evaluate uh, development proposals, which, of course, and I keep on reminding people this, still need to be evaluated relevant or relative to the town planning scheme. Now, these resolutions were put up at the Local Government Association. They failed to get majority support. There you go. So, you know, a lot of noise made by a bunch of councils in Perth. You know, South Perth is another very topical example. Yep. And yet when they went to their peers and said, back us up on this one, they said, uh, no. So there's actually a lot of councils around the state and other parts of Perth that think DAPs are a good thing. Yeah, there you go. Well, that is pretty is pretty fascinating, and, yeah. and, you know, it's a fascinating subject, so thanks for that. Now, look, uh, innovation is a big political buzzword at the moment. Uh, you've done a special report into WA innovators. What's happening in the real world? Yeah. Uh, I've spoken to a few people around town who are doing some really interesting things. Now, this, of course, follows uh, Bill Marmion, the new innovation minister. He had a big talk fest a week or two ago, brought together lots of people to discuss what can we do to boost innovation in Western Australia. Well, there are a lot of people out there doing things already. One of them is Charlie Bass, best known as one of the directors of Aquila Resources. Now, Charlie made a, a very nice little fortune from the sale of Aquila Resources, big iron ore company. He's reinvested part of that money into a new uh, centre for entrepreneurial research and innovation in Netherlands. Uh, he's got a real passion. He's a guy that's made money out of mining, and yet he remains frustrated, like many Western Australians, about the state's continued over-reliance on resources. So he's putting his money where his mouth is and set up this new centre and it's all about helping people out of the universities and the research centres turn their ideas into real businesses, into commercial opportunities. And, and it's, it's, a, it's a theme many people have spoken about, and he's out there doing it. Um, another one, there's a new initiative called Spark CoLab. Now, this is something that Stanford University in the US has been running for years with great success. Uh, they've set up, if you like, a branch in Perth and that's targeting people in the medical research field so that they can achieve some similar opportunities. Um, another one, out at Curtin University, um, the big uh, computing company Cisco has partnered with Woodside along with the university. They've got a big internet centre which is linked into the uh, Pawsey supercomputer. 
they've got dozens of Western Australian businesses coming through there, working together, tapping into that infrastructure, developing opportunities. So, yeah, all uh, reported in depth in uh, business news. And, yeah, I found it really encouraging to see this stuff actually happening. And that's on top of lots of other initiatives, you know, startups and accelerators and Mm. incubators and co-working spaces. So there is a lot going on. Yeah, I think we get too down on ourselves. I think think there's a lot more going on. And I think for an isolated city of 2 million people, if you take away resources, there is actually quite a lot of stuff that that does go on in this town. So, But it's positive to kind of look at it and, and, and slice it out and just talk about it. Um, well, Mark, uh, you'll obviously be there, but for our listeners, if they can't make our breakfast with Sam McDonough, Airbnb, which is topical given the number of hotel rooms going in, uh, which is on Tuesday, you might be interested in Kim Beasley uh, speaking next month. Anyway, thank you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Mark My Words with Mark Powell and Mark Beyer from Business News. For more information, please go to businessnews.com.au forward slash podcasts. And to receive these regularly, search for Business News WA in iTunes or SoundCloud.